sure as God made green apples, someday the Chicago Cubs are going to be in the World Series. And maybe sooner than we think. Here's the old This is going to be a tough play. fans you're listening to lockdown cubs part of the lockdown network your team every day i'm your host sean sears and on today's episode we are previewing the cubs first weekend series with the cardinals of 2019 we'll preview all three games including friday's 120 start which is about to get going here in a sec in the first segment then take a quick look at the rivalry in the second segment as well as hit on a few cups bullets as i have some further information on the Addison Russell Cubs media issue I hit on earlier this week. So you can get Locked on Cubs in the brand new podcasting app, Himalaya, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn App Radio, Stitcher, pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts, you can find Locked on Cubs. For some reason, if you can't find us, when you get into your car or if you have a smart device, tell them to play podcast Locked on Cubs for all the great content. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Locked on Cubs. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, show, excuse me, our YouTube show, Talking Cubs on the Cubs Insider YouTube channel. And then you can follow me on Twitter at Sean R. Sears. So let's get into this game, these three games in the first segment. So obviously, Friday's game, 120 start, is featuring Jack Flaherty versus Kyle Hendricks. Uh, Jack Flaherty, uh, a 4.06 ERA, but he's got a 3-1 record and is coming off a pretty good start against Cincinnati. Um, in that game, he, the Cardinals won. They've been winning a ton recently. Um, he managed to go seven innings, four hits, no earned runs, one walk, four strikeouts, and 89 pitches. And the start before that, one against Milwaukee, won six innings, Three hits, four runs, four earned runs, 10 strikeouts, only one walk. Gave up three home runs, though. So Flaherty's kind of been all over the place, but if you take away two rough outings against Milwaukee, or one really bad outing against Milwaukee, and a so-so outing against Milwaukee, gave up nine runs collectively between the two, Flaherty's numbers are pretty solid. A young guy, he's got a lot of potential, can strike guys out like it's nobody's business. Right now he's got 36 strikeouts compared to six walks. He does have seven home runs on the season. He gave up 20 last year. Um, so a little susceptible to the home runs right now. He's nearly at half of the many as many home runs as he gave up last year. So obviously Flaherty's having a tough time keeping the ball in the park. Uh, on the flip side, Kyle Hendricks not doing much better. Um, he is 1-4 on the season. He's a 5.33 ERA. Had a pretty disappointing start against Arizona after he came off a really good start against Arizona the week before. Uh, on April 19th, Obviously, Hendricks won seven innings, three hits, no runs, two walks, 11 strikeouts. Easily his best start of the year. Uh, he then followed it up with what is probably the worst start of his year of the year against uh, Arizona after seeing him just a week before. He only, was only managed to go five innings, gave up 10 hits. Second time this year, he's given up 10 hits, seven earned runs, one walk to three strikeouts, only mustered 85 pitches in those five innings. Obviously, Hendricks struggling quite a bit, and it's... It's been frustrating because we saw him really look like he was dialed in in that game on the 19th, and then followed it up a week later with just a, a not-so-great outing. 
In his last five starts against St. Louis, he's done relatively well. He hasn't given up more than three runs or less in his last five starts in St. Louis, dating back to 2017. So he does pretty well against the Cardinals. Looking at how the Cardinals see Hendricks, there isn't a person that's OPSing very high. And if they are against Hendricks, they don't have too many games against him. The only one that sees him really well right now is, is uh, Marcelo Zuna, which is a little scary because the dude's got 10 home runs and might be the hottest hitter in this Cardinals lineup right now. In 26 games, he's got an OPS of 1158. Um, and then we've got Colton Wong, who in 25 games has an OPS of 724. That's just below average. Um, Jed Yurko, 26 games, 7.37 OPS. I mean, like, there's a lot of guys here that I've seen him, like, maybe five times. Like, uh, Munoz here, Yario Munoz, five games, 1,400 OPS. Like, there's some guys that have seen him, but ultimately it's a lot of fives, fours, threes, some sixes. This is good. This is a good matchup for the Cubs. And hopefully, as hot as the Cardinals have been, this does lean towards Hendricks right now because a lot of these guys have seen him at minimum. 10, 15 games, and they aren't hitting him well at all. No one really hits Hendricks hard well at all in general, but um, this is a good place to start at least. So hopefully the Cubs can maybe get Hendricks going a little bit on a roll, <clears throat> and maybe him pitching at home kind of helps rekindle some of that magic he had on the 19th. So, uh, In terms of what the Cubs have done against Flaherty, I haven't seen him much. He's a relatively young guy, um, but Rizzo in nine games is OPSing 1056, and Almora in four games is OPSing 1,000. Contreras, five games, 1,400 OPS, and then Zilberst in five games, 800 OPS. Um, Hayward, seven games, 429 OPS. Schwarber has yet to get a hit against him in five games. Baez only... OPSing 3.33 in six games, Bryant 6.11 in nine games. So Flaherty is kind of a guy the Cubs haven't seen too much of, and he does have a lot of swing and miss stuff, but he does miss high a lot of times with his fastball. And if there ever were a pitch, the Cubs love to cream. It's definitely high fastballs. So <laughs> this is an intriguing matchup here. But even just talking about the Cardinals here before we get into these other games, um, quickly, obviously the Cardinals on incredible tear. They did lose last night to Washington, so they're technically only two and a half up on the Cubs right now. But prior to that, I mean, they're they're eight and ten, they're eight and two in their last ten games. They were on a incredible. They went from a five game winning streak to another four game winning streak, and then at one point another five game winning streak in here as well. I mean the Cardinals just have been winning in bunches and tough to beat. Obviously, with a record at 20-11, nine games above 500, this team is playing incredibly well. Um, they're outpacing what the Pythagorean theorem win-loss totals think they should be at right now. They're at 19-12 is what baseball reference says. So the Cardinals are a little bit overachieving, which makes sense because this offense has really exploded. But you even look at some of the guys that are contributing right now. Dexter Fowler is third on this team in war right now. He was betting like a buck seventy-five maybe three weeks ago. He's got his slash line up to three thirteen, four fifteen, four twenty-five. The OPS of eight forty. He's got a home run, seven RBIs, and the walks are starting to come back a little bit. He does have twenty strikeouts, but he's got twelve walks, so he's starting to make up for it a little bit. And then we've got guys like Jose Martinez and uh, Paul. Goldschmidt really starting to crush the ball here a little bit. Now, Martinez doesn't have too much in the power department necessarily. He's only got one home run, but he's betting 375. He's getting up base at a 414 clip. He's doing a great job. OPS in 901 on the season right now. Paul DeYoung, though, is the guy right now. I think he's the piece that really makes this offense work because you see a lot of the guys like Colton Wong can be kind of a 
flashy sort of dude, great defensively, can have some pop in moments, really good at pulling the ball, but isn't a consistent hitter. Paul Goldschmidt, one of the best hitters in baseball, has been kind of slow to start the season. Not necessarily slow, but hitting for a lot of power. He's not doing a lot for the average, but he's still getting base in nearly a 350 clip, OPSing at 850. He's doing a great job. Same with Matt Carpenter, a dude that can just get on a tear and really go. He's only batting 196, but we saw last year he can turn it on. And I mean, second half alone, Matt Carpenter was an MVP candidate pretty much the whole way. Harrison Bader, you know, there's pieces here, but Paul DeYoung makes a lot of this work because he's just a really good hitter. And he makes he makes pitchers pay for missing on, in the strike zone, for making mistakes. And that's kind of where this Cardinals team really has been benefiting because DeYoung's giving them these solid bats, and then he gets on base. Marcel Azuna and Paul Goldschmidt coming behind him and really just knock them back in. And the run totals have been crazy right now. So um, looking at Saturday's matchup, though, it is Yu Darvish versus Michael Waka. It's an interesting matchup. Obviously, the Cardinals, I don't believe, saw Darvish at all last year. Um, and I can't imagine there's too many guys in this lineup outside of maybe Ozuna that have seen him. And yeah, it looks like six games, Ozuna's got an OPS of 1,500. The rest of this team does not have a hit or haven't even seen him. Matt Wieters in two games has never had a hit. Paul Goldschmidt seen, saw him for six games, obviously when he was with the Diamondbacks and Darvish with the Dodgers. Doesn't have a hit. Dexter Fowler has seen Darvish in three games. Doesn't have a hit. Um, so this could either go super well for you, Darvish, and he could miss a lot of bats and really build off of that really strong start he had against Arizona uh, on the 27th where you got the win for six innings. Uh, but Darvish, 5.02 ERA, a 2-3 uh, win-loss record here. He's got 33 strikeouts compared to 22 walks, seven home runs. Obviously, the walks and home runs seem to kind of go hand-in-hand. If he isn't walking as many guys, he's not giving up home runs typically. But in each one of his starts so far this year, outside of one start against Atlanta, he has given up a long ball. So if Darvish can keep the ball in the park, as well as not walk guys, um, that's the bigger thing too, obviously. If he can just not walk guys, obviously the solo shots don't kill you, and we saw that in Arizona. Um, but if you're going to have guys on base and get free passes, it does seem like those walks catch up to Darvish quickly. So if he can locate in the strike zone, and even if he is giving up some contact, as long as there's not multiple guys on base, he should be okay. Michael Walk on the flip side, he's had a so-so season so far. He's 2-0 on the year, a 4.78 ERA, 29 strikeouts to 17 walks. He's having a similar issue with Darvish in terms of control. Five home runs on the year, hasn't given up a ton of long balls here, but looking at some of his starts, um, he's only managed to get past the fifth inning twice. Three times technically, I guess he went five and two thirds against San Diego. He's got a he had he started the season with three consecutive no decisions. Uh, gave up seven runs against the Dodgers, but in his last couple starts has kind of gotten better. Five innings against Washington, only three hits or th- excuse me, four hits, three runs, three walks, five strikeouts, and then in a better start against Milwaukee. He managed to go six innings, give up five hits, um, only two earned runs, though, one walk to seven strikeouts. Waka can miss bats and do some things. Obviously, these last two starts have been more encouraging than the other ones, but he's not a guy that I, I think the Cubs should be necessarily worried about either. Um, a ton of guys have seen him. Obviously, he's been with the Cardinals for a bit, so Brighton Rizzo, each above 30 games. Rizzo's almost at 50 games, OPS in 1249. Bryant right there with him at with 36 games, OPS in 1068. Almora, 8 games, 1214. Contreras, 13 games, 1362. Uh, a lot of guys see Walker pretty well. Shorburn, 11 games, OPS in 1455. Uh, this seems like a game the Cubs could absolutely torpedo the Cardinals absolutely do that so I'm, I'm excited about that and then taking a look at this third and final game quickly it will be jose quintana versus adam wainwright this is another favorable matchup i think for the cubs well the cardinals do see quintana a lot better 
I may see any of the other pitchers they're going to face here so far. There's a lot of guys with experience against him. Um, I do think this is a good matchup because just just because Quintana has been so incredibly good this year. Obviously, you take away that one start in Milwaukee, where you have eight eight runs. He's been easily the Cubs' best pitcher, hundred uh, percent their best pitcher right now, and that's no slight to, to to John Lester. But looking at some of the totals here, obviously Matt Carpenter, nineteen games, four ninety eight on or OPS. Paul DeYoung, thirteen games, nine forty one. Dexter Fowler, twenty four games, twelve ninety eight in twenty two games. Yadier Molina, seven seventy three. He hits him relatively well. Yario Munez, seven games, thirteen seventy one. Ozuna, nine games, fourteen thirty nine or thirty one. I remember a couple home runs Ozuna hit last year off of Quintana. Matt Weiders has seen Quintana only three games, but OPSing 667 or 1667. So, I mean, there's some guys that have seen him. Goldschmidt, nine games, 1931. That's a scary thing, but I think Quintana flips the script a little bit here. In terms of what the Cubs do against Wainwright, don't necessarily destroy him, but there's some guys with some hefty and, and, and healthy OPSs against him, particularly Daniel Descalso, who obviously will be facing his former team in seven games in 1964 OPS. That's encouraging. Zobrist, 780 OPS. There's some guys here that are really hitting well. Bryant, 20 games, OPS of 800. This is good. Uh, this is this is a good matchup, and I really feel like on paper the Cubs should be beating this Cardinals team. The question is, how hot is this Cardinals team compared to how good is this Cubs team? I think that's what we're going to have to have to answer this week, and we're going to get that for sure. Um, looking at the standings right now, obviously Cardinals, 20 and 11, they are two and a half above the Cubs at 16 and 12 in second place. Milwaukee, 17 and 16, four games back in third place. Pittsburgh, just a half game back from third place at 14 and 14. They're four and a half back from first. And then Cincinnati, 13 and 18, seven games back here. So that will do it here for the first segment. But before we move on, I do have a couple quick key players to watch in this series before we move on to the next segment. So uh, for the Cardinals, Paul DeYoung, Dexter Fowler, Marcelo Zuna. Those three batters are the guys I think you need to be worried about the most. Dexter Fowler obviously loves to play against the Cubs, is an extremely patient hitter right now, and when he is in this type of mode, when Dexter Fowler is taking pitches and working counts, he is easily one of the best leadoff hitters in baseball because he does not, no one sees more pitches than Dexter Fowler when he's patient. Averaged to close to four and a half, five pitches per game in 2016 and 2015 when he was leading off for the Cubs. I don't know if he's going to be in that leadoff role for the Cardinals, but he is going to be a patient hitter, and it's showing that right now with his great slash line. Dexter Fowler could be absolutely a thorn on the side. Paul Goldschmidt, obviously, plenty of power. I don't necessarily worry about him as much as Marcelo Zuna, though. Ozuna is on a tear and loves to beat the crap out of the Cubs. And he can pull that ball. I'm very nervous for that left field wall as well as the the basket. I feel like that's Marcelo Zuna's territory. you got to locate low and force him to really pull some balls, and hopefully the win helps the Cubs out there. But Paul DeYoung is really what's making this offense go. Just having a good average hitter in that lineup changes everything for the Cardinals. So I'm nervous about that. Um, for the Cubs, though, I've got three guys I want to keep an eye on for for this the offensive end, at least. Javier Baez, obviously, on an absolute tear right now. He's got 10 home runs, 24 RBIs. He's incredible. I think he's going to have another great weekend. And up against the Cardinals, Javier always seems to elevate his game against these big rivalries. I think we're going to see that. Chris Bryant starting to break out of a slump and looking like one of the better hitters in baseball. I think this might be a big weekend for him. Back home after a really strong road trip, I think Chris might be in the right mindset to kind of do some things. And then Albert Almora has some good splits against two of the three starters for the Cardinals this week. I I think this could be a game we see Almora do a little bit of damage. Now, there are going to be some right-handed pitchers. He isn't going to see as many opportunities against lefties, so he might not get those opportunities, which would be frustrating, but he is kind of 
been having a slow start. I do think, though, Elmore works his way into this game one way or another. And I, I think we could finally maybe see some extra base hits from him. <laughs> Fingers crossed. So but those are my keys for this weekend here. Before we roll into the second segment, I do have a quick word from our sponsor, Loki. All right, Cubs fans, I'm excited to talk to you about our newest sponsor, Loki. Loki bracelets let people celebrate and support causes near and dear to their hearts. They're infused with water from Mount Everest, the highest point on Earth, and mud from the Dead Sea, the lowest point on Earth. It's a daily reminder to help you find your balance during life's highs and lows. As sports fans, we definitely experience highs and lows throughout the season. Loki's game day collection helps you stay humble and hopeful, or upping your favorite team's colors. And with 10% of net profits donated to incredible charities, you can support your team and support causes around the world. Since Loki is a friend of the show, they're offering you an exclusive discount of 20% off on all game day collection bracelets. Go to loki.com and use the promo code CHICAGOCUBS, all one word, to take advantage of this amazing deal. That's L-O-K-A-I.com. Use promo code CHICAGOCUBS for 20% off your next order. Let's go get yours now. Welcome back to Lockdown Cubs here in this second segment. I did want to touch on a couple quick things before we head out. If you are going to the Cubs game, uh, any of the games this weekend, actually, make sure if you're taking videos or photos, use the hashtag 100K cams to try and get on Fox's Emmy-winning show, 10,000 cameras. Um, they're focusing on the Cubs and Cardinals series this weekend, which is very cool. If you guys haven't seen that, they've done it for multiple different things through NASCAR, um, the World Series or the All-Star Game last year, um, a couple different football events through college football. There's some very cool stuff and some very cool pictures, but basically everything coming from a fan's perspective, which I think is really cool. Obviously, the Cubs and Cardinals, one of the bigger rivalries in baseball, and obviously Cubs fans at Wrigley Field are the most fun and the most exciting people to be around. So take some pictures and show people what it's like to be in Chicago, the Wrigley Field. If you guys are, having, if you guys are checking that out, make sure you use that hashtag, 10,000 cams. It should be really cool. On top of that, it's just awesome to have the Cubs and Cardinals series be really relevant this year. Um, Jesse Rogers wrote an article today talking about how this series finally matters again. I don't think it never didn't matter. I just think it's more important now that both teams are good. I think it's good for baseball and good for the NL Central and just good for Cubs fans in general. It gives you something to complain about a little bit. So <laughs> That'll all do it here on today's show. Remember to get this show every day. Subscribe to Lockdown Cubs and the new Himalaya podcasting app. In an ever-expanding podcast world, you need Himalaya with their personally curated playlists and new features every day. Download the Himalaya app at your app store and subscribe to Lockdown Cubs. Follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Cubs. Follow our YouTube channel, Talking Cubs, on the Cubs Insider YouTube channel. Follow myself at Sean R. Sears. Thanks for tuning in to your daily Cubs podcast. Enjoy the rest of your days, and go Cubs!